All right, everybody, welcome back to Unscripted Unlimited here on the Everything Unscripted Podcast Network. Of course, I am your host, Doug Hummer, and joining me, uh, he uh, signed the contract to be on this episode. Daniel's here. Hey, how you doing? Pretty good, bud. Uh, joining me, as always, my partner in crime, my partner in life, Eric is here. What's up? And to correct us if we fuck anything up, Sharon's sitting in the background. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're doing something a little different because uh, that's what we do uh, after we do the same thing like 10 times in a row. Uh, we are going to talk comedians yes. this go around. And that's something new we're going to kind of incorporate in uh, future episodes. Uh so, but it, this first one we're going to start out with, we're going to do a retrospective on the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. Classic. All right. Now, for anybody that doesn't know what the Blue Collar Comedy Tour is, which is pretty much anybody that, uh, you know, is probably under the age of uh, 25, uh, Blue Collar Comedy Tour was a collection of uh, Southern comedians, Jeff Foxworthy, Bill Engvall, Ron White, and Larry the Cable Guy, who they got together for a tour because they were all, they were all friends. And Jeff Foxworthy thought of it as the southern version of the original Kings of Comedy. Yeah. When they did the, when they did that movie, so they got together. They filmed uh, three specials that were turned into that were turned into movies. Uh, one, of course, was actually I think the first one was actually released in a uh, in theaters. The second and third oh, wow. one just went, just went straight to uh, DVD. But we're going to talk about those. We're also going to talk about other stand-up specials that they've done that we've seen. Uh, for anybody that has, uh, I know back in the day I had a couple of CDs. And I think we probably will go back, yeah. especially now that we're doing these comedian retrospectives. We'll probably go back and do individual ones, too, Yeah. for Jeff or, or uh, maybe even Larry. Yeah, and, uh, and Bill, too, because Bill was, uh, you know, Bill, Bill was, was a very funny. I actually had, you remember I had the uh, Bill Agnaval or one of his CDs? Yeah. Uh, I never had any of Ron's stuff because we couldn't, we couldn't find any. Yeah. Uh, I remember I had all four of the dolls as a kid. Yeah. And that was back, like, in their in their height. So they did the tour for for years, and then, like, they would still do, uh, like, shows, like, together. Like, one would open up for the other. Uh, now, did, did you know that Larry replaced somebody, right? Yeah, the first 26 shows were done by, I can't remember the guy's name. Craig Hawksley. Okay, so uh, they did the show, or like they started this tour, and originally this Craig Hawksley was going to be the fourth guy, and originally Ron White said that he didn't like the idea. I can't use the word that he used, Uh, but he didn't think it was going to work. But then after about 26 shows, Craig Hawksley got uh, pulled into other projects. So they brought Larry in, and Larry Larry's popularity actually caught fire because, like, if you remember that first uh, that first movie or the first uh, special that they did, 
blue collar comedy tour the movie. Uh, Ron went first, then Larry, then Bill, then Jeff. And then the next two that they did, you know, rides again and one for the road. Yeah. Uh, it was Bill, Ron, Jeff, and Larry. Because Larry's popular. Larry became very popular. Uh, after now, that, after that first one. Then, now the first one was the one that they did in the mall, where they segue to the mall every every time in between. Yeah, because they actually had to do so. That's why, like the the first movie was. Or the the first one that they did was actually released in theaters because they had like the the special thing where they would go like in between like each set they would have like when they went to the mall or a Bass Pro Shop or when they went to the spa. It was just them doing like different like uh, different stuff going different places. Yep. All right. Now the second and third ones were pretty much just them, you know, just doing their stand up. But again, yeah. those were just released to DVD. And also, Blue Collar TV became a thing for a while. Yeah. And it was it was Larry, Jeff, and Bill, because Ron really wanted nothing to do with it. And let's be honest here. All four guys were awesome. Foxworthy was definitely the draw going into this thing. Yeah. Because he was one of the bigger comedians at the time. He was very popular. Yeah. For his southern stuff, and you might be a redneck and all that stuff. White was uh, opening for him at the time, and Bill Engvall was his best friend that right. he had cast in the show as well. Right. Uh, and Larry, he, he was buddies with, too. So then he brought all these guys on the road. And that Craig Hawksley, it was, it was because the, the crowds were too big. It wasn't other projects. It's because he didn't like performing in front of such large crowds, and he was kind of nervous about it. So uh-huh. he bowed out of the tour. All right. Uh, but th- that's kind of the origin of how the whole thing came to be. And, you know, the setup, I mean, it would eventually, it would change a little bit, but it was usually, you know, Larry and Ron would probably go first, either Ron or Larry, and then Angville and Jeff would finish out the night. Jeff would always be the headliner, right. at least for the first couple. And then they would uh, join each other, all four, and they would sit on the stools right, and, and do the jokes. Yeah, and which is funny, because like in that, in that first one, so, like, when they sat on the stools in the first one, it was, they all told us, you know, they all told, like, different stories or whatever, and then Bill did a, a few, here's your sign, uh, which is actually pretty funny. Yeah. And then Jeff would do, you might be a redneck. The second one was they did that song that I believe. Yeah. The third one was they all, their wives all sent embarrassing pictures in. <laughs> uh and, you know, they all looked at embarrassing pictures. And the one picture that was super embarrassing was Foxworthy was standing, and there was two sailors standing behind him in assless chaps. Yeah. And Bill said, he goes, what's with the glasses? Yeah. And Ron goes, wait a minute. You look at that photo and the glasses are what's bothering you? What about the two sailors in assless chaps? Did you notice them, Bill? Yeah. And, and Jeff looked at Bill and says, you've got a point. <laughs> and then, like, they're in, that, uh, in the second one, when Larry had the guitar, you know, you heard this woman scream, I love you, Larry. And he goes, I told you to wait in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> and just, like, all four guys, like, I think, like, to me, 
it depended on what their what their you know routine was, what the material was. I think, but I always found Foxworthy to be king because he was the headliner. Yeah, uh, and, and you know, Larry the Cable Guy got pretty huge from it, though. I mean, I feel like he's one of the more hated comedians nowadays, and a lot of people like like. You see him, like, if you look up a lot of worst comedians list, a lot of people put Larry on there. Right. And a lot of it is because, you know, he's not really as country as he puts on, and it's kind of like a character. Oh, he's not? No. His real name is Dan Whitney. Yeah. A lot of it is a constructed character to kind of comment on middle America. And okay. mostly, like, the poor and, like, the, the NASCAR watchers and stuff yeah. like that. And it, it was good, and he was good, and he had a lot of good one-liners. And he had some really funny jokes. I but and I thought he brought his own flavor to the thing. And I think a lot of like I think a lot of the younger kids liked him too. Yeah, because he was kind of a character. I Ron, liked uh, you liked him. Yeah. Foxworthy was obviously you know the main draw, and then Bill Angle was kind of relatable as like a dad. You, you know, you kind of see him as like everybody knows a guy like Bill Angle. And then, what did you think of Ron White? I think Ron White as I know. A lot, he's a lot of people's least favorite. But he, yeah, but I think he brings a different flavor that it kind of needs because he's kind of the white collar for the blue collar. And he's still, he's blue collar too, but I think it's good to have a dude that's a little different from the, everybody else is so clean. Foxworthy's so clean. Larry's a little dirty in his humor. Yeah. But Angball and Foxworthy are so squeaky clean. True. And, and it's good to, and there needs to be more comedians like that because it's a hard art to do in a clean way. But it was kind of cool to have like a guy sipping a martini, you know, just talking about his drunk stories and stuff. And yeah, talking about his dog. Uh, you know, my favorite stuff that he always talked about was the dog. Yeah. It was Sluggo. Yeah. Uh, and like, you know, when he, and by the way, like Ron White, you know, all these other guys have been married for, you know, so long. Like Jeff and Bill, I think, were both married since the 80s. Ron White's been married four times. Yeah. Aw, uh, damn. Well, that's and he's like, and I've seen a, like I've seen him on different podcasts and stuff. I really do enjoy Ron White. And uh, I, I think he's kind of underrated for what he did bring to the comedy game for as long as he did. Yeah. And, and especially with, with these guys. And I, I think, you know, he has a legacy of his own. He did a special, I think, in like 2006, 2007 called You Can't Fix Stupid. Yeah. Uh, And it was like, it it was different because, uh, you know, it was all new material. And it was Comedy Central. And it was pretty much just him. Like, it it was almost him in a different light than the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. And he got a little more raunchy, uh, you know. Talked about stories about, you know, obviously his cousin, obviously about the dog. And then, like, he was telling the one story about uh, his grandmother, how she, uh, he was, like, sick at home with a fever. So she actually, she gave him an enema. Yeah. And him with the scotch and, and even, like, the cigar. It, yeah. it just worked. And it was a fun part of the show. And uh, I, I like, and the whole tater salad thing was I never fun. understood the tater salad stuff. <laughs> I that was just his nickname. Yeah. They call me Tater Salad. And then he told the one story about it, because he does have a son. Yeah. And he told the uh, one story about how he was putting his son on a plane to you know, visit his grandmother. He goes, yeah, my son, Tater Tot. 
And I have read his, or I've listened to his audio book. I had the right to remain silent, but I don't have the ability. Yeah. And he is a funny dude. I, I think he gets kind of underrated with, and he just retired. Him and Angval both retired last year. Oh, they're both. Yeah, Angval both retired. Yeah, Angval's done too. I'm pretty sure. I know for sure Ron White is. I think Angval is too, though. But uh, I feel like, and Larry kind of grossed into movies a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had his own starring role. You remember that Delta Farce movie? I, I've never <laughs> seen it, but I do remember. I, I remember Larry the Cable Guy, Health Inspector. Which, uh, yeah. fun fact, you guys, uh, the girl that kind of played, uh, the girl that he was uh, involved with, you know that's uh, Claudia from uh, uh, Ground for Life. Oh, okay. I believe it's her. Oh, yeah, I think it is. Can't believe all these guys are sixty now. And, and Larry, Larry's probably wow. the richest out of all of them because we always forget about cars. That was a fucking mega hit, bro. And he was made. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he yeah. was made in the cars thing, and that was that's like a fucking billion dollar franchise. I'm pretty well, maybe not billions, but I know. I mean, it was part of Disney Pixar, which was the, on fire, y'all, for years. Like, uh, let's see. The first Cars movie made $462 million. So. Wow. He was doing something right. Cars 2 made $559 million. Jesus. I'm sure he probably Jeez. has the best. And he's had his own Comedy Central roast. Uh, who's the Wasn't Foxworthy the roast master for that? Yeah. And then, and Foxworthy had one. I forgot who the roast master for Foxworthy was, but I remember. Who's Angel? I'm pretty sure. I, yeah, because I'm pretty sure the three of them actually had something to do with Larry and... Uh, it was the whole comedy tour. Okay. Ron, Larry, and Angel were all the roast masters. Yeah. And then, but what was kind of screwed up for uh, Larry's roast was, uh, like, Jeff was the roast master. Bill sent in a video. We heard nothing from Ron White. Because I remember watching both, both roasts. But I do remember the commercial for that and Foxworthy, uh, it goes, Sir Lawrence of Cable, you prepare to be roasted. Sir Lawrence of Cable. <laughs> I used to love those guys because the wolves. Do yeah. they do them anymore? Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I, uh, I don't know when the last one was, though. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they still do. Yeah. Uh, no, they have one. Uh, what's his name? The last one was Alec Baldwin in 2019. So since the pandemic, they haven't. Okay. I'm gonna have to watch that Alec, ba- Alec Baldwin one at some point because I can all uh, like I can see what people say about him, but he can he can get brutal. So when he comes on at the end, <laughs> the Justin Bieber one was my favorite. Yeah. Ah. Uh, Right. Be careful, Sherry. I will. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, but no, like those four guys, and and the funny thing is, is that like each one of them kind of has like their own sense of humor. Yeah. But like Larry, I think like if you were gonna cancel like any of them, I think Larry would be the one that today would be canceled. Yeah, I remember some of his jokes. Like one, and I'm just repeating the man's joke. I'm not saying it as myself. Yeah. But one when he's like, uh, what happens when a kid's late to special ed class? And then he said he's a little tardy or something yeah. like that. And you not fly today at all. 
No, not at all. But and like some of the stuff where like because he had a lot of inbred jokes. Yeah. Because that, and that's and I think that's what rubs people the wrong way about him a lot is that he was like it felt like he was making fun of that version of America at some yeah. point and like it wasn't really him he was a different type of guy but that was like his character and I think that's what rubbed people the wrong way. And what's funny too is that like the one uh, CD of his that I have is called Lord I Apologize, <laughs> uh, which became his his gimmick. Yeah. Uh, cause I remember like, I, I think in the second special, he said a couple of different things, uh, where he's just like, Lord, I apologize. And then after one joke, and I forgot what joke it was, but he goes, isn't this the dumbest part of the show right here? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's funny. Cause when I looked up the net worth, all these guys and Jeff and Larry are both a hundred million and Bill and Ron are both 40. So, Jesus. Which is, I mean, some of the more successful stand-ups of all time, you yeah. know, it, it, because being on TV and movies at the time, and I don't think the like, box office was huge for the movies, but this is back when, like, it wasn't about podcasts, it was about CD sales, DVD yeah. sales, and stuff like that, and that's how they made a lot of their money, because those blue-collar albums and DVDs sold a shit ton. Yeah, I remember... You uh, had them, you know? Yeah, I had... I never got a Ron one, because... Uh, I remember uh, it wasn't uh, FYE at the time. It was uh, for anybody, you know, I might be dating myself here. Uh, well, I'm always dating myself because nobody else will have me. But uh, like media play. Yeah. Okay. When they were a thing, go to media play, look for the CDs. You could never find a Ron one because they were always sold out. The only I ever remember going to a media play once looking for the blue collar CDs for some of the guys. The only one I think I could find that day was Bill. And, you know, I got I had a Bill. I had a I had a Jeff one. I had a Larry one. And my favorite of the three CDs that I got was actually was actually Larry. Really? Yeah, because his was an actual like because. Like, uh, Jeff's was more of, like, kind of like a best of. So, it was like, him doing, like, different routines or whatever. And, uh, but, like, Larry was, like, an actual show yeah. that had been recorded yeah. for the purpose of a, of a DVD, for the purpose of a, a CD. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was funny. I remember, uh, I brought it in the car. Uh, we went, uh, Dad picked us up. And I played it in there, and I'm just like, you know, we had it in there, and Dad's just laughing. He's just like, this is the dumbest shit I had ever heard in my life. About who? Larry the Cable Guy. Dad said that? Yeah. That's funny. And then... He was pretty stupid. Yeah. And, but he's like, but he, but he, it's hilarious, right? Or he's just like, it is pretty funny. And I remember, like, we were going to listen to it on the way home, and... Uh, dad goes to, you know, his, uh, to our stepmom. He goes, we got to listen to this. Like, you got to hear some of this. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if that's a good idea. She goes, why not? I go, well, how religious are you? She goes, well, not very. I said, all right, then you're fine. Uh, <laughs> just don't cut out the visit. Just don't cut out the visita- visitations on it just because we let you listen to this. And mm. she listened to it and she's like, oh my God. 
Like it was, it was hilarious. Like Nana and Bapa, I, I remember watching the shows with them. Bapa thought it was hilarious. Nana thought she's just like, Nana felt stupid after watching one of these things. And, but they were so funny because Jeff Foxworthy, Eric, have you ever seen the Jeff Foxworthy show back in the day? No, but I, I think I've heard of it. Okay. It sounds so, familiar. Uh, he had a show. It, it, it ran for two seasons. First season was on ABC. It was a different format. It got canceled after one season because there was only like 13 episodes. But then AB, or NBC then decided they were going to run it. They ran it for a season. Yeah. After. And Bill Engvall was on that second season. Of the Fox release show? Yeah. Yeah. But it was like a different format, different actors and actors. The only people that actually stayed on that first season of, or that, that were carried over to that second season of uh, the Jeff Foxworthy show were uh, Jeff Foxworthy himself, obviously, and Haley Joe Osment, who played his son. Yeah. Like, the wife had been recasted. Uh, at, the, at the end of the first season, his wife had been uh, had given birth to a baby girl. Well, second season, it turned out the girl was a boy, and six years older. <laughs> so they completely reformatted the show. Uh, and then there was another, uh, there was another thing. Oh, one of the guys that played one of his employees in the first season came back to play his father. <laughs> so it was, you know, it, I mean, and I like the show. And you can actually, it was available on Peacock for a while. Now I think it's either on Tubi or, I believe it's on Tubi now. It's somewhere. Which one? Or Tubi or Amazon Prime or whatever. But, uh, I mean, it, it was funny and it was pretty much just Jeff, again, blue collar worker, owned his own business. Uh, and, you know, but it, it was a funny show and... Bill, I think, didn't Bill had a sitcom for a while, right? It, it didn't last long. It was, I think, it, three seasons. The Bill Engvall show, from two thousand seven to two thousand nine. Okay. I don't oh, think wow. it lit the world on fire or anything. Oh yeah, and it was just on TBS too. Yeah, but he had big success with his comedy albums. Here's your sign, and uh, yeah, I had here's your sign reloaded. Yeah, and Dork Fish. Yeah. Which is gold. You Here's your sign is platinum to this day. Uh, and he was like at the top of the billboards for like a lot of the albums. It, it, he had a lot of success. And I love his style of like, he, he, he was one that always made fun of himself. And that's yeah. why I enjoyed him. And just like, like I said, he was like the dad. And Foxworthy was too a bit. But Foxworthy always felt a bit. I don't know, like a country Jerry Seinfeld for me a little bit. Yeah. Whereas maybe that's not a right comparison, but Bill Angval always felt like kind of like the dad that would talk about his family and his wife and stuff. And I just enjoyed his brand of humor. And here's your sign stuff was funny too, but he was he wasn't afraid to make fun of himself. I just thought he was hilarious. He was probably my favorite. Yeah, I love Bill too. I thought Bill was so the best one. In the uh, in the in the one for the road, which was the third and final. Uh, film that they did of the of the tour 
Yeah. Uh, he goes, I didn't, he goes, I actually didn't think I was going to make it because I thought I broke my ribs because I'm an idiot. <laughs> and then he goes, bought my son a trampoline. And uh, he goes, and then everybody starts to laugh. He goes, oh, good. So you see where this is headed. And then he tells a story about how he got up and he jumped on the trampoline and then he forgot, like, you know, when he landed, he ended up uh, uh, off the trampoline and he landed on his dog. <laughs> uh, what's funny to me is like, well, him and, and Ron always talk about, the, you know, a lot of comedians' big routines is like their pets. Yeah. Okay. Some of them, yeah. And Ron was really good. Like in those second and third ones, and one for the road, and or Rise Again and one for the road, uh, he talked about his bulldog, Sluggo. Which, uh, in the second one, when he kind of introduced Sluggo, he's just like, uh, he talked about the first meal that his wife cooked in their new house, and he couldn't eat it, and he fed it to Sluggo, and Sluggo starts licking his butt. <laughs> uh, and then like when he, he talked about like they did the uh, artificial insemination on the dog where they took you know the, his uh, his fellas yeah and you know they put it in a pool and he's like now it's pretty easy to get old sluggo to the vest <laughs> and Ron's actually he's been nominated for Grammys for his albums so is Foxworth yeah, I was just going to say, like, because I know Foxworthy had. I didn't know Ron did. Yeah. The other two couldn't make it? No. The other two didn't make it. Yeah. But uh, Foxworthy, and you got you can't forget the, like, huge success of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Yeah. You know, that was a big game show, and that was, like, it kind of took over the world, and that and he he was the he was the host of that. Host. Yeah, and then uh, now he has a show on Game Show Network called American Bible Challenge. Yeah. Uh, And Bill, actually, he went into game shows for a little while, I think back in 2009. They brought Lingo back. Yeah. And he did it for a while. Yeah. Uh, I I don't think it really lasted. And I like Lingo. Like, I... The American Bible Challenge didn't last long, though. Oh, it, it, it... no, that was from 2012 to 2014. I think you're watching re- reruns, brother. Makes sense. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, because they do reply. I mean, on Game Show Network now, it's just like they have like certain shows during the day, and then from like you know eight o'clock till eight o'clock at night till about five in the morning, it's just Family Feud. They might as well just fucking call it the Family Feud Network. Uh, hey, Family Feud, awesome. I'm not saying that it's not. I like Family Feud. Okay. And by the way, Bill Engvall has been on Celebrity Family Feud before. And uh, Foxworthy also had some voice roles in the Smurf movies when they came out. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, shit. It was Handy. Handy Smurf. Which we don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was like a handyman. Yeah. No, I, I don't I, think he was giving Papa Smurf. Yeah. You know. <laughs> there was. Uh, a, a bit in in the first one in the first one that had been released in the theaters, they did a thing uh, at the end, you know, where they're sitting on the stools, and Bill is doing like his "Here's your sign," and then they interrupt him or Jeff interrupts him and he goes, "I got one for you," and then Jeff does 
his here's your sign. And then Larry goes, let me try one of them uh, Bill Engvall here's your sign deals. Yeah. And uh, he goes, um, and Jeff goes, I'm sorry. (laughs) I shouldn't have done that. And then Larry tells the story. He's like, you know, my grandma recently just passed away, 104 years old. But they saved the baby. Uh, And uh, Bill goes, I don't think he's kidding. (laughs) Well, he goes, he goes, I went up to the flower feller. Because, you know, Larry's vocabulary was kind of, you know, was was funny to listen to, too. Like, And for, like, a while, like, I remember back when this stuff started coming out, I tried talking like him. And I realized that, you know, somebody, you know, that has that, you know, Buffalo Canadian accent, it doesn't, you know, the Southern accent really doesn't work for me. Uh, But he talked, uh, but Larry did the thing where he's like, oh, yeah, you know, got her flowers and a card you know, for his dead grandmother. And Jeff goes, you bought a card for your dead grandmother? He goes, they had them there. And Jeff goes, I'm going to regret this. But what did it say? And he goes, get well soon. And he's just like, oh, my God. So then he does the here's your sign deal. And then uh, Bill's like, you know what? I might use that. And then after, like, Ron does one, uh, Jeff looks at Bill and says, Bill, why don't you try one? He goes, yeah, let me give it a shot. <laughs> so, like, it just, they had such a chemistry. Oh, they did, for sure. Huge chemistry. And one of the things I really liked about him is, you know, Foxworthy was a Republican and very Southern, and... I, I like that they never really put politics in their comedy. Yeah. Because I never really like when people yep. do that, but I know it's big nowadays, and sometimes you got to, and there's people that do it better than others, but this was always just talking about their home life or family and stuff, and I always enjoyed it, and it always it's nice to have some good, clean comedy sometimes. Yeah. And yeah, we just watched Foxworthy's, Foxworthy's like newest special that just came out called The Good Old Days. Yeah. And it's pretty much when he does the stick on uh, on the cell phones. It's like you know, back in the good old days, that shit was so good. Yeah. And uh, you know, he when he told the story about about how he got locked out of his hotel room and he was buck naked. Uh, like it was just it's so good. And Jeff Foxworthy is one of my favorite comedians. The other three aren't that far behind. But, like, going back and watching some of this stuff, like, and I've watched each special, like, two or three different times. Uh, and uh, they talked about, uh, what's it called? Uh, it, like, when I watched one, for, uh, when I watched uh, Rides Again for the first time in a long time, because it's on Peacock, I just... Uh, like, I could not stop laughing. Like, I try. first of all, you should not try to, unless, like, you're watching it for, like, the fifth time in so many days, you should not try to fall asleep to one of the Blue Collar Comedy Tour specials. <sighs> like, it, it doesn't work. No. Because uh, they're so funny. Yeah. But I, I like, the good old days was really good. There was some, I mean, he's definitely getting old. I mean, he's 64 years old. All these guys are in their 60s now. He's a little, 
he's getting a little old. Some of the stuff's not that fresh. But hearing Jeff Fox where they go off about cell phones for about yeah. 20 minutes, that was a really good bit. And it was a lot of fun. And when he started going on the good old days and stuff, it's like he's the perfect guy to talk about shit like that and talk about the good old days. And I feel like he's the perfect comedian for that type of joke. So, I mean, it's, it's triple platinum, man, some of his albums. Jeff Foxworthy is the fucking man and one of the, like, mega, like, best comedians of all time, yeah. at least success-wise. Now, did he uh, – was he a judge on something? I think he did, like, guest judging on, like, American Idol and shit. Uh, and the baking competition and stuff like that. All right. Was he part of that last comic standing or no? I don't think so. Because? No. All right. Uh, I thought he did something. Because I know he kept himself relevant for a while. And I mean, it, he's been working since 93. Yeah. Um... And, and and that's the funny thing too is that like you know back in the early ninety early to mid nineties when this stuff first started you know coming out because I remember hearing you might be a redneck back in like ninety five and not knowing what the hell that that even was that was funny yeah uh, but that was uh, the second one or the third, the third uh, tour uh, when he did the you might be a redneck I think that was in the first one. Okay. So, uh, but uh, like some of his redneck jokes, like if uh, you have a uh, if uh, you have a collection of salad bowls and they all say Cool Whip on the side, and it's just like, all right, do, it, like cause some of those did actually hit close to home. Or like if you, uh, or like the one where he said, if you stare at a carton of orange juice because it says concentrate. <laughs> such good like the I mean a lot of people like might make fun of those jokes now or say that they are too basic and stuff but if it works it works you know and it worked and it was so good and even with Angle with the here's your sign like yeah. it's like making fun of like people's lack of intelligence and stuff and they just they all had their own thing like even those dolls those dolls you, you, I, you had the dolls as the kids little plush dolls you press the thing and for Fox really it's like you might be a redneck if yeah. and, and then here's your sign and then Ron White they call me Tater Salad I forgot what Larry said get her done oh yeah get her done yeah I forgot about get her done but the, these guys tapped into something and like Middle America. That's like a lot of like Middle America, like dads, like that. That's these guys. That's yeah. like four dads at like a soccer game. You you bring them all and pick them yep. on a comedy floor. That's right. basically what it is. And they're all a little different. That's what I liked about them. You know, Foxworthy's a little more like goofy and animated, and you know, Bill's a little more reserved a bit, but also like like a little more like just a regular dad. Larry's like pretty out there, like you know. Well, we've we've met a lot of guys like Larry too. Yeah, and, and Ron White's the like you know the drunk dad at the soccer game with with like tequila yeah. in the water bottle or something. Right, exactly. And like each one of these guys, they had their own special. You know, they added something special to the tour. Uh, like when um, Larry talked about uh, like uh, when they did their stories, like in that in that first one. And Blue Collar Comedy Tour, the movie. And, you know, Larry talked about going to the... Because Larry always referenced the flea market. And I was just like, okay, I relate with him because I love going to flea markets, right? And then uh, 
in the second one, he's like, oh, yeah, I used to work at the flea market, and I used to, you know, know, undercharge because, you know, somebody would be like, how much you want for that? I'll be like 20 bucks, and he'll be like, all right, give me five of them. He's like, oh, I could have got more. And then he's like, I still do that to this day because I was at a restaurant the other day eating. And he goes, I was at the eating place. And a waitress comes over and says, can I get you anything else? And he was just being a, he was just being funny. He goes, how about a neck rub? And she starts giving him a neck rub. And then he's just like, could I have more? And it's just like, well, I don't know if you would have asked a waitress for a blowjob if she would have gotten under the table. But, uh, and then, like, even in that second one, too, when they're just like, you know, we've been so blessed, you know, to do this. And Bill goes, thank God, because we're not qualified to do anything. <sighs> but they, they all were very successful. And Bill Engvall, even for, like, the last couple of seasons, he he had the guest spots on uh, Last Man Standing. Yeah. When he was the uh, when he was of all things a pastor, <laughs> exactly. And just and it's funny that like Larry got so big throughout the years, and yeah. he's kind of winding down now because they're all older. Like I said earlier, it started with like Larry and or no Larry and Ron White like first, and then yeah. Engvall and Fox would even come. But by the like end of it or like two thousand four two thousand five ish, Engvall would be the opener. Then you'd get Ron White, and then Foxworthy, and then Larry would headline. Yeah. And then you'd have the four come out on the stools. So I just – but all four held their own weight. And, like, even if you're not a Larry guy or you think Ron White's a little uh, much for you, like or, like, Bill's not your style, there's always something on the tour for somebody. Yeah. And, like, when it comes to, like, great comedy troops of all time, like, you think of, like, Monty Python or – like you think of the Three Stooges, but even like stand-up groups, like like you think of the Kings of Comedy. You think of the Kings of Comedy. You start like now we're getting there with like the Bad Friends a little bit, or even like like Burt Kreischer, Rogan, and Segura. They work; those three work together a lot, and yeah. like Joey Coco. Like the a lot of those guys. Like there's a lot of like groups of comedians now, but not really like this where they're all on tour together all the time. Like. Yeah. What what would be funny to me is if they did a tour of uh, and again this is just like because I I love comedians because I love stuff like this. Yeah. So like if we had like Rogan and Bill Burr and Burt Kreisner and like a Tim Dillon. Yes. Okay. I just think that that would be hilarious because I find all four. Well, I find Bill Burr really funny and I find Tim Dillon really funny. The only thing is is like like Bill Burr can do a stadium on his own. Yeah. Maybe not a stadium. Like, yeah, he stadium. Can, he can... And he can, do a, he's, he can do a whole theater on his own. Like, a lot of these guys are so huge to where they can do their own... Like, they can have their own thing. Yeah. Like, I know Bobby Lee's been opening for Tom Segura a little bit. Right. Uh, Hank Azaria, who famously is the voice of many characters on the, on the census. Uh, back in 2013, he did three stadium shows in New York. Okay. Uh, we were pretty much it was it was comedy, but like he did a lot of voices and stuff. He did uh, he did some songs. Like he actually pretended he was. Uh, he did he sang uh, "Let It Go" from Frozen <laughs> in Chief Wiggum's voice. Uh, oh, okay. 
And like, but that you know, it was a stadium show. There was so it was like forty five, fifty thousand people. And uh, you know, those shows are great. I mean, I like like the theater shows, like the blue collar comedy tour, because it, it it is an intimate setting. Uh, <laughs> and um, but like, can you imagine if? Uh, those four did a stadium. That would be nuts. Yeah, I mean, obviously they're not going to do it now because two of them are are retired. But uh, which two? Uh, Bill and uh, Bill and Ron, right, Bud? You said that earlier. Uh-huh. Yeah, Bill and Ron. Yeah. So. You know, two of them are retired, so they're not going to do, like, the shows now. But you know that at some point, like, they might try to do, like, a, a big, you know, re- reunion thing or something. Even if it's just a one-shot. And I think it would draw. You know, we talk about drawing power on our wrestling show all the time. Comedians do have really good drawing power themselves. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and like a lot of these guys, popularity has waned, yeah. but you can only keep it going for so long. And they're so successful. And they're so like, like I said, Foxworthy and uh, Larry, both hundred million or a hundred. Yeah. A hundred million net worth. And then Angval and Ron, 40 million respectively. Right. It's still good. It's fucking, it's more than mine. You know? Yep. So like, I, I think if they wanted to, they could, but also, like, they just retired. Let them be happily retired. Like, let them, I mean, they're 60 years old. Like, they fucking lived the life. They're successful comedians. In a, in a business where, like, it's hard to get to the top. And it's yeah. hard, to, and there's a lot of, you know, guys that don't make it. And, and guys that fucking, you know, stop, start, and never really make money. Like, a lot, similar to professional wrestling. It's one of those gray area professions to where, uh, it's hard to like really be a huge draw, and all four of these guys were and had really good careers. So if they want to hang it up, I'd be fine with that too. If they want to keep touring, if they want to do like one more show on the road or like do Madison Square Garden together or something, yeah, fuck it. Well, because it's also too like with comedians, like if you go to like the comedy store in Los Angeles and or like any kind of comedy club, yeah, and try to get yourself stage time. Like, new, when new comedians come in, usually the club owner's just like, all right, yeah, you can have, like, five minutes. Yeah. If you bomb, like, your very first show or yeah. something like that, it is very hard for them to want you to come back. Yeah, exactly. Now, again, it's, it's like your very first show, so obviously you're going to have jitters. But, like, first impressions in the business of being a comedian are very important. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was... Uh, and this is probably a bad example because uh, it was on a sitcom, but on Last Man Standing, Jay Leno's character uh, talked about how, you know, you know, he did this, he told the story about how he was on, uh, again, this is fictional, so it's probably a bad example, but I'm telling it anyway. Uh, he was, you know, went to a comedy club, did a set. He said he was too hip for the room, which pretty much meant he sucked. Uh, so he had a hard time getting stage time, but then, you know, what developed there was the, uh, the club owner had a, a car that needed to be fixed. So he started fixing cars for a living. So like, if you can somehow find like another like job out of that, like 
you find you can find uh, like a talent, you know, somewhere else. Like if it doesn't work out, some guys, some people don't don't have other talent. Like who knows what if these blue collar guys would have failed? Who knows what they'd be doing? Yeah, I mean Foxworthy had the, Foxworthy was already established by the time they did this. Yeah, Foxworthy would have been fine. Angvall was kind of getting there, but yeah, I don't know about the other two. Who knows? Yeah, well, because I think Bill and Jeff were the only ones that were really getting like TV roles, right? Because yeah. I don't think Ron White has ever done a TV show. Or even a, a movie. I think Ron White has just basically stuck to comedy. Yeah, I think so. I think he's done little little things here and there, but nothing nothing huge. Like he was, uh, he had cameos, and there, there was a pilot for the Ron White show in 2005. There was a pilot for WB, but it never got picked up. Yeah, well, because WB was also running. Uh, Blue Collar TV. So he, it was more of a variety show, though. Yeah. Not a sitcom. But he was in Horrible Bosses in a cameo. Uh, Sex in the City too. He made some uh, on Reno Nine One One and like he, he a little like here and there, but yeah, mostly a stand-up guy. Yeah. Which and I the, think that's his legacy of being like a legendary stand-up. Yeah. I mean, it makes there's nothing wrong with that. No, oh, yeah. not at all. I mean, if you make money, I mean, if your net worth is $40 million, I think you're good. Yeah, I mean, the, a lot of people do that to add to the bag, right? A lot of comedians want to be movie, TV, all that, because it adds, you know, to the bank account, and it's something to do. That's awesome. Well, if you look at... And, and we puts you out there, too. Yeah, if we, you know, we talk about other actors, like uh, Adam Sandler, right? One of the, you know, one of the top, you know, movie stars or whatever. Uh, and it's been said before, I think we've even talked about it on this podcast, his stand-up really wasn't that good. Yeah, there's certain little things. Like, I, I've, he's had some fun stuff. Like, with the songs and stuff, it was a little well, different. the Hanukkah song yeah. is my all-time favorite. But. He's had some good bits here and there, but he's definitely more of a movie guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, another guy... I would say Jim Carrey, another one. Yeah. I've seen a stand-up and it's all right, but more of a movie guy. Guys that can do both effortlessly eddie murphy yeah chris rock uh oh chris yep. rock is one of the best chris rock is fucking awesome a lot of people just want to give him the slap thing now but like he his like some of his shit especially back in the 90s yeah was fucking amazing chris rock was fucking awesome yeah. uh, uh you know somebody that you know kind of went like the backwards route he went to uh isn't it crazy ron white was in the vietnam war I say I did read that. Yeah. Uh, he wow. started in the Navy at age 17. Wow. Um, he, uh, but, uh, you know, it's crazy. Cause, you know, sometimes people go that backward route, like Dustin Diamond, you know, Screech from Stay by the Bell. Yeah. He started, like, he got casted as a kid on Stay by the Bell. And then after Stay by the Bell, the whole franchise was done and over with, he ended up doing stand-up. And that was actually a bit for a while. That he would do. He's like, yeah. He goes, I, I, I went backwards. I started on a sitcom. Now I'm doing stand-up. When my stand-up starts to fail in a year or two, you're going to see me doing security in a mall with Gary Coleman. <laughs> Which is actually kind of sad, that, like, looking back at that now, because both Gary Coleman and Dustin Diamond are no longer with us. Yeah. Didn't Dustin Diamond do porn? 
<laughs> after all that? I think he did. I'm pretty sure he did porn. Yeah. R.I.P. though. I didn't even know he passed. That's crazy. Yeah, he passed away because uh, Mario Lopez wanted him to do, wanted him to be on the Stay by the Bell reboot, and they actually had plans. But he had also said, he goes, look, I'm dealing with, I do have an illness, but like, you know, as soon as I, uh, you know, can beat this thing, which I'm close to doing, I can do the show. Yeah. A couple weeks after that, he had, <laughs> he had passed. So, you know, plans yeah. changed. Yeah. So. Uh, but, yeah, no. Uh, but it's just funny that like some guys like they hit the big break and then afterwards, you know, they do Then afterwards, you know, they kind of get not necessarily relegated to stand up because there's nothing wrong with being a stand up comedian. Oh, no. Especially like if you can, like I said earlier, like Hank Azaria from the, which by the way, like Hank Azaria from the Simpsons is pretty much a made man because the Simpsons is a million dollar franchise. Especially because it's gone on for so fucking long. And you have that, you know, merchandise. Uh, But, like, if you can somehow sell out, like, a stadium of, like, 45, 50,000 people, you know, so many days in a row, uh, then you are a made man. Now, I'm not saying that these blue-collar guys – I don't know. Do you think the blue-collar guys could sell out a stadium if they got back together? I don't know. Maybe if they did one last show, but who knows? Maybe. Uh, It's hard. I think they could sell out MSG. Also, comedy's like kind of changed in the new era, yeah. like completely, because it's not about DVDs and albums anymore. It's about YouTube reach and podcast, and all of them have their own podcast. All of them, you know, have like the clips that go on TikTok and Facebook. And Andrew Schultz kind of changed the game with that. And now that's kind of the way you get your stuff out there. It's not about DVD and album sales as much anymore. And it's also about streaming, especially. Yeah, that too. It's about getting the Netflix money. Yeah. A Netflix deal or something like that. Yeah, because not too many comedians are going to get a show on Peacock. Mm-hmm. Or i got to get it on Prime. We have to hit Netflix. Yeah. Which could be a special on Netflix. But, like, Andrew Schultz kind of changed the game, too, with Infamous. Selling it online. Yeah. And then putting it on YouTube after. Yeah. And that has millions of... Ari yeah. Shafir with the Jew special. Yeah which calls to us that, uh, <laughs> that could, uh, you know, that, that had like 5 million views on YouTube. Like a lot of people are putting their stuff out on YouTube now and it's getting kind of big. So. Yeah. And, and there's like, there's young comedians out there and not even necessarily young, like they're, you know, in their thirties or whatever, you know, late twenties, early thirties. There's some out there that are like up and and they're finally starting to get noticed, you know, with their specials. You know, like we talk about Andrew Santino of The Bad Friends and Andrew Schultz. And because they're that next generation of comedians. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, like a Tim Dillon or uh, uh, what the hell is the other guy? What are you saying? Huh? What's the overarching point, though? So, like, they're the next generation. Yeah. And, they're, and it's funny because a lot of those guys are like their 30s. Yeah. <laughs> but that's 
it's like a pay your dues type of thing. A lot of guys are like, and that Chris DiStefano now too. And Theo Vaughn, he's another one. Yeah. Theo Vaughn, I kind of compare it to Larry the Cable Guy. Cause a his, little bit, yeah. Because his humor is just like, it's just like, okay, if anybody's going to get canceled, it's going to be this guy. And you don't know if that's just a character, if that's really him too. Yeah. You know? Well, and that's the thing is that like, you know, Larry the Cable Guy, his real name is Dan Whitney and it's a character. Yeah. Theo Vaughn, I'm pretty sure his real name is Theo Vaughn. Yeah. Theo so he might, be, he might be as fucked up as he sounds on his podcast. I love Theo. Love Tim Dillon. Love, I mean, Whitney Cummins. Yeah. Like her a lot. Which I've seen. Uh, Sorry, Peter, her mom. That's very sad. Her mom just passed. Oh, man. But, uh, uh, but I've seen a couple of her stand-up specials, and she's, uh, oh, and she is very funny. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she kind of screws around with uh, people that have like certain like fetishes, but uh, we got your back, Doug. Yeah, appreciate that. Uh, For further of these ones, though, I'm excited to do more comedy retrospectives. Yeah. And and talk about more. uh, We'll definitely talk about four of these guys individual too at some point. But we got to do like Jeff Dunham and uh, you know. Uh, George Carlin. Yeah. And I think we should do, like, uh, who else? Like, a lot of the big ones. Back I do in the day. think we do at some point need to uh, do it, because I don't know if his special is still, uh, is still out there or not, but Bob Saget. Oh, for sure, Bob Saget. Because he yeah. did a, uh, a special. It was actually, believe it or not, like, when I first signed up for Peacock, his stand-up special that he had on there was actually one of the first things I watched. Was that, like, the rated R one? Like when he like when he started like saying a bunch of swear words and shit like the HBO shit. Uh, it, it was one of the new. It was like twenty. It was like a twenty fifteen. Oh special. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like when he started really going like raunchy with the comedy, he was funny as fuck. Yeah, I like Bob Saget is underrated. We should do a Bob Saget one. That should be the next one. Yeah, but I love Bob Saget. Yeah, and I know Eric's a huge Don't fan of his because of uh, Full House. Yeah. And, and Don't forget Eric, um Chappelle. Dave Chappelle, we have to do Chappelle. Uh, we'd have to get his website to to do this guy because a lot of his shit's not on streaming anymore after they tried to cancel him. But Louis C.K. Yeah, we should talk about uh, Bill Burr. Of course. Oh my god, from Philly. I can't forget his name. No, Bill, Bill Burr might have to be the next one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, these are a lot of fun, and we'll do more of them. Yeah. And these guys, the Absolutely. Blue Collar Comedy Tour had its own legacy. Let's give our final thoughts now. Right. Uh, because we got to pick Eric up soon. Yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> hell of a legacy. All four guys brought their own thing. They were so good, and they really kind of dominated the early two thousands. And uh, one of the best comedy tours of all time. One of the best comedy teams. You know, a, a lot. You know, it's just these guys were classic, and they were awesome. And I, I really like all four of these guys. Yeah. Uh, Mark, yeah. All right, so Eric, we'll let you go next. Yeah, I enjoy I enjoyed the two the two um, tours I watched. They, they were very funny, off color. All four guys made me laugh. So yeah, I liked all. I'm gonna watch probably more of it. Probably the third yeah. one. Yeah, no, I would definitely recommend that. Uh, so you talk about four guys who. Uh, Pretty much, like, they all brought something special to the tour. And uh, 
four guys who really dominated, like Daniel said, he, they dominated the early 2000s because of uh, because of this tour. And, like, because I remember back when all this first started, like, the Blue Collar Comedy Tour really dominated Comedy Central because they would do, like, their specials, like the Blue Collar Comedy Tour of the movie, and then, like, if they had, like, certain, like, Foxworthy had certain specials out there that they would air, and then, like, other guys that were kind of Southern, and then, like, if the uh, any of the guys had new specials coming out, like Ron White, he when he did one, it was just, like, Comedy Central the Blue Collar Comedy Tour really dominated Comedy Central. Uh, so they definitely have a lasting lasting legacy. Uh, all right, make sure you uh, check out Boxman and Smart, the wrestling outlet, Wednesdays on YouTube, 10, 15, 10, 20 Eastern time, right after AEW. Uh, check us out Friday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern time for the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. Now, unless Eric and Clinis uh are doing a show the next couple of weeks on March's tenth and seventeenth we will not be doing a show. Uh unless uh Eric is that uh, like are you guys gonna do one or No I I don't know. It depends okay. probably not. All right. So uh Daniel and I will be out of town so there will be no Unscripted Wrestling, Unscripted Unlimited for the next couple of weeks, which is Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, that will be on hiatus for the next couple of weeks because Daniel and I will be out of town. The web cave is on current hiatus as well. Yeah. We'll web do ca- episodes whenever we can. Yeah. And then, but there will be a stabcast tomorrow, correct? Yeah. We're going to talk about Dead Set. So you're Dead Set talking on Dead Set? Yes. All right. All right. Have a Eric, we'll see you in about 10 minutes. Okay. Sounds good.